This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Episode 8. In today's show, I'm going to talk about the importance of learning essential oil chemistry if you're an aromatherapist. It's what separates the amateurs from the pros. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, everyone. My name is Liz Fulcher. I am your humble host for this Aromatic Wisdom podcast. I'm a clinical aromatherapist. I have, good Lord, almost a quarter century of experience and research and education and just doing it that I am more than happy to share with you here every week. I love essential oils, aromatherapy, natural health, plant medicine, call it what you like. It's all good. And I love sharing it here in this podcast. Time is precious. Thank you very much for giving me a little bit of yours and hanging here with me today. Now, before I get into our big juicy topic, I do want to give a shout out to someone who has been very, very supportive of my journey into podcasting, and that is Herb Rupplinger. Herb is um, hes a student and a friend and has been incredibly supportive with every single one of my podcasts, has given me really good feedback and always been honest. And Herb sent me a really nice note last week after he listened to episode seven called How to Create a Digital Vision Board for Your Aromatherapy Goals, and I wanted to share that with you. He wrote, Liz, great podcast. In fact, I'm going to share this one with my Artist Way group. We've done vision boards in the past, and I think a few of the folks may enjoy the podcast and the great resources you mentioned. How very cool is that, that uh, a group that's not even a, consisting of aromatherapists can benefit. So thank you, Herb, for your notes and for your support. And anyone else who would like to send me a, a love note would not hurt my feelings one bit. You can write to me at Liz at aromaticwisdom.com. You can sh- give me a shout out and say hello on Facebook. I'll put that resource in the show notes. And of course, send me questions, comments, anything. I love hearing from my listeners. Okay, onward and upward and on to essential oil chemistry. Are you excited? Come on, you're excited, aren't you? Everyone's excited about chemistry. No, not so much. It's really not so bad. I teach a 235-hour aromatherapy certification program in Pennsylvania, and it is grounded in science. And in the class, I teach a lot of things, but basically within the, the scope of chemistry, we learn 10 different chemical families and how they affect the essential oils. When people sign up for this class, There are two things that the students are most nervous about as they come into the program. One is a 10-page research paper that they're expected to, to research and write. The second is the chemistry. I think a lot of students fear that they're going to be subjected to some kind of really highly advanced and complex subject full of molecular structures and that it's going to be their complete undoing in the program. I really hear this from 99% of the people who take the certification program, no one has failed yet. Honestly, by the end of, um, by three or four days into the program, 
they are starting to grasp the the concept and have a lot of fun and feel empowered by having that knowledge. In general, whenever you're taking essential oil chemistry, it's usually laid out in a way that is extremely easy to learn. I know in my classroom, there's a lot of layering. A lot of the information is layered and repeated. And it's done in a way that's also kind of fun. And then there is a lot of blending to accompany what we're learning in the chemistry. So there's hands-on lecture, hands-on lecture. It makes it really fun to learn. And, and honestly, by day two, the students are already sighing with relief because it's not as hard as they thought. Of course, a lot of it depends on how it's taught. And um, so I think that my method works pretty well. Some other concerns that people have, especially people who work with the non-physical part of aromatherapy, the people who work with energetics, vibrational, subtle aromatherapy, feel that it makes it kind of this this clinical science and it takes away from the magical, intuitive, beautiful, energetic aspects of this healing art. And this has so not been my experience. In fact, honestly, I found that when I really started to increase my knowledge about essential oil chemistry, it it didn't it not only heightened my respect for just for the oils for the, these incredible gifts of nature it also helped me understand the energetic component as well honestly it is about balance having a balanced perspective you need to look at the essential oil from all points of view from the mystical magical i call it the pfm the pure freaking magic component of essential oils to the chemistry the hard science and that is uh, what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to share some of the basics of essential oil chemistry and why it's really, really important to understand this aspect of aromatherapy, even if you're a total beginner. In fact, if you're a beginner, lucky you that you are learning right from the get-go about the chemistry and some of the really uh, fundamental science of essential oils. So the title of this show is Five Reasons Every Aromatherapist Should Learn Essential Oil Chemistry. But before I get into the five reasons, I want to lay a little foundation and start by defining what I mean by essential oil chemistry. So we know that essential oils are extracted from plants and essential oils are composed of natural plant chemicals. These are called components or constituents. The components are actually molecules honest-to-goodness physical substances that have measurable therapeutic activity. So if people tell you that essential oils aren't real, they have no idea what they're talking about. Essential oils are real. The therapeutics of essential oils is real. It is real plant medicine. The molecules that make up essential oil components, it's all validated through research. There's a book, um, it's kind of a heavy book, both physically heavy, I mean, it's a, it's a thick book, and it's also dense. It's a lot of material to look through. But if you really want to get a handle on essential oil chemistry, I recommend you get Robert Tisserand's new book. It's his second edition of his book called Essential Oil Safety. I will put a link to where you can buy that in the show notes. Anyway, these molecules give the essential oil their activity. So some molecules will make the oil calming. Some molecules will make it, will make the oil stimulating. Some molecules will make an essential oil anti-inflammatory and so forth. 
When you understand what the molecules do and how they affect the properties of the oil, it adds a whole new dimension to your relationship with the oil. Having this information really impacts and helps you make um, so much. Your blends will be so much better. They'll be better therapeutically. You'll have a much deeper relationship with the oils that you're working with. So now we're going to get deeper into the geekiness. If you need to get comfortable, put the uh, podcast on pause. Maybe you want to get yourself a cup of coffee or herbal tea. You might even want to get a pen and paper and take notes. All right, so we've established that essential oils are made of molecules. And once you know about these molecules, you'll know more about the oil. Well, how do we know what molecules are in the oil? How do we even know what the oil is made of? This is done with two very expensive, very sophisticated laboratory instruments called a gas chromatograph and a mass spectrometer. So the report that these machines puts out that tells us what molecules are in the essential oils is called a gas chromatography mass spectrometry report or analysis. That's quite a mouthful. So what you'll hear it commonly called as is GCMS. So you'll hear the terms GCMS report or GCMS analysis. So here's what these two instruments measure. The GC, gas chromatography, it actually separates out the volatile compounds in the essential oils into each of those individual components. The MS, mass spectrometry, identifies the components and their percentages. So one basically takes the components out, the other one identifies and measures them. So isn't that fantastic that you can take a drop of essential oil, put it into these this system here, and what you'll get out is a piece of paper that will tell you every single molecule that makes up that essential oil. So the GCMS analysis gives us the list of components that are present in the oil along with the exact percentages of each component present. Now essential oils can have just a five or six or two or three even um, molecules, or they can have more than 200 different components. So this breaking down of the chemical components in individual oils, determining what each one of the molecules are that make up that oil, it's really important because the therapeutic benefits of essential oils can often be determined by these chemical components. Now, to blow your mind a little further, this testing should be done on each fresh batch of essential oil. Essential oils change from season to season, from distillation to distillation, from country to country. And if you are going to be using these reports in your work as an aromatherapist, you've got to use them batch specific, not just one that sort of represents two or three distillations. You need a, a report after every essential oil has been distilled and you have a fresh batch. That's called batch specific reporting. The suppliers of essential oils, the people who sell them. Any reputable supplier of essential oils should be dedicated to knowing what they're, what they're buying from the distillers and what they're selling. When they have their oils tested, they can provide their customers with these batch specific GCMS reports. In my opinion, 
This is the sign of a first-class essential oil supplier. When they have their oils tested and they can provide their customers with with batch-specific GCMS reports, that is the highest standard in essential oil uh, work as far as I'm concerned. So I'm just going to touch on one more thing before I move into the five reasons. And um, the I'm going to talk about chemical families. A chemical family is a grouping of chemical components that are they're grouped together based on their similarities in their molecular structure. So when you have chemical components of an essential oil that demonstrate similar therapeutic activity, they're lumped into a family. And every component on a GCMS report belongs to one specific chemical family. There are 10 chemical families, and each one of those families has its own list of components, its own list of molecules. So when you have a group of molecules, how do they determine which family it belongs to? That has to do with the structure of the molecule. Each chemical family is associated with certain therapeutic properties. So for most of the families, we can make some pretty broad generalizations about the therapeutic properties. In the show notes, I'm going to put an actual GCMS report so that you can see what it looks like. When... Essential oils are classified according to their chemical families. It can really help us understand the activity of an essential oil. The classification can also help us understand why, you know, why several oils have the same basic properties. Why do we have these three oils? Why do we have lavender and Roman chamomile and rosewood that are all relaxing? because they have a lot of chemical components, i.e. molecules, in the same family. So their actions are going to be the same. One of the things that I really love about the the chemistry of essential oils and knowing the actions of each of the families, you can choose from several different oils. You may... um, you know, you may not want to use, okay, if you don't like the smell of this one oil, you say, okay, well, I have this other oil that's very high in these molecules in this family, and I know it's going to have the same effect, so I choose this second oil instead. I can't stress enough how understanding the the chemistry of essential oils, knowing what each of the molecules does, knowing which family they belong to, knowing the the properties of the families. I cannot stress enough how empowering it is as an aromatherapist. It really, truly will make your blendings spectacular and really effective. In my classroom, when we do the certification program, I have my students actually format a GCMS report. So I give my students um, just a GCMS report as it comes out of the from the chemist's laboratory. It's just a long list of chemical components with percentages. There aren't, it's not broken into families. And their job is to categorize the components into the correct chemical families. So I think this really helps my students feel more comfortable with the reports and the components and and the names and so forth. They always enjoy that activity. How are we doing so far? I figure at this point, I've either lost you completely, you've turned off the machine or you've fallen asleep or you're starting to get it and kind of dig this chemistry and see how this can really impact your practice. Okay, now let's move into our five reasons to learn essential oil chemistry. So again, let me say that getting even a 
basic understanding of essential oil chemistry is going to make your life and your work with aromatics so much better and really will bump you into a higher level of professionalism and credibility as an aromatherapist. Okay, reason number one is understanding the shelf life of an essential oil. There's a phenomenon that happens called oxidation that really, really screws up an essential oil. It um, breaks it down, it makes it caustic, and it reduces its efficacy, and it pretty much ruins your essential oil. In order to understand the shelf life of an oil, you really need to understand carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and oxidation. Once you start to get a handle on the chemistry of essential oils, the shelf life becomes really clear and easy to understand. So, for example, there is a chemical family called monoterpenes. The molecules that are in the monoterpene family oxidize really fast, faster than any of the other chemical families. So the oils that are high in monoterpenes like the citrus oils, the the some of the conifers, they have a shorter shelf life because they oxidize more rapidly. So as you study an oil, you always need to look back to your GCMS report to see which chemical families and which components are present in high percentages. And this will really help you understand the shelf life of an essential oil. Okay, that was number one, essential oil shelf life. Now, reason number two for studying and learning essential oil chemistry is safety. This goes really hand in hand with shelf life because when an essential oil is oxidized, when it has um, met its shelf life, it becomes unsafe. Not disastrously so, but it does become unsafe for the skin and it's very likely to create irritation or sensitization in on, you know, on the skin. So oxidation is not the only reason to know about chemistry in terms of safety. The safety issues of essential oils are pretty much determined not only by the components, but also by, of course, dose and application. The precise breakdown of the chemical components is super important because the therapeutic benefits, the safety are determined by the chemical makeup. So all the safety concerns about using essential oils are all based on chemistry. I'm going to give you an example. There is a family. We talked about the 10 chemical families. There is one chemical family called phenols. And the molecules in the phenol family are have names like eugenol and carvacrol. When you find an essential oil with the phenolic molecules, <clears throat> there are those very molecules will create some wonderful therapeutic properties. They're very it's very good against um bacteria and infection, but those same molecules are really irritating to the skin. So when you use this, the phenolic essential oils, or if you get your GCMS report and you see that there is a high percentage of phenol uh, molecules, or you see that the family, the phenol family has a high percentage, even if you don't know a lot about those molecules, you just say, wow, there is 60% of eugenol in clove. Therefore, 
I don't know a thing about clove, but I know if it's high in phenols, it's going to be super irritating to the skin, and I darn well better use a carrier. And I darn well better not take this in my mouth because it'll burn my tongue to pieces. So you can look at a GCMS report. You can learn about the specific molecules that have safety concerns like the phenols. There's another family called aldehydes. There's, there are ester, there are ethers and ketones that all have very specific safety concerns and that all goes back to the chemistry. So it makes you a very responsible aromatherapist. And again, it's empowering because you have more control over what is safe for your clients. And it, it really does become easier for you to protect them through. Okay, that was reason number two. Reason number three is probably overstating the obvious, but it has to do with understanding the essential oil behavior or activity. You know, it's always helpful to look at the GCMS report. And as you study it, you start to get a picture of what this oil does. You start to actually have kind of a, um, a little window into the essential oil. Another thing that uh, my students do in, in the final exam for the ACP is they're actually given a GCMS report and they don't know what the oil is. I have all the information on there, all the co components and the molecules, but I don't tell them the name of the oil and they have to answer a few questions about the oil just based on what they see on the GCMS report. So one of the questions might be, is this a relaxing oil? Does this oil have safety concerns? Would this oil be good to be used on children or would this be safe for the skin? And the students at this point, after three months in the program, have learned the safe molecules, the relaxing molecules, the, the dangerous molecules, and look for those molecules. And they can see straight away without knowing what the oil is, whether it's safe or not. So this is another tremendous reason to know how to read a GCMS report. When you look at that piece of paper, you immediately have a snapshot of the essential oil, of its safety features, and of its therapeutic benefits, and all of its activities and its properties. So it starts to give you a lot of control over your blends, and it really makes your blends much more effective because you start looking for very specific molecules to add to your blend to get certain behavior and certain activities from your formulas. And that segues nicely into reason number four, why every aromatherapist should study chemistry, is formula efficacy. Blends that work. If you're going to go to the expense of buying high quality essential oils and take the trouble to create a blend for someone, you want it to work. Where we use our GCMS reports and our knowledge of chemistry to protect our clients from um, harmful blends or from harmful molecules, we use that same information to create helpful blends. You can make uh, formulas that are so tightly targeted towards an issue um, by using the chemistry that it's amazing. There is a molecule called myrcene, for example, which is awesome for pain. In fact, I in my classroom, I call it merciful myrcene. If you see high amounts of myrcene on a GCMS report, right away you know, oh, that's going to be great for pain. 
Beta-caryophylline is also good for pain. So perhaps you want to use one oil that's high in myrcene and another oil that's high in beta-caryophylline and mix them together to create a really good blend for pain. So you can use the chemistry very much to your advantage to create a powerful formula that gives you super results and makes people come back and want to have more of your products and more of your blends because they work. And finally, reason number five why every aromatherapist should learn essential oil chemistry is professional credibility. At the beginning of this podcast, I said that knowing the essential oil chemistry is what separates the amateurs from the professionals, and I'm sure that you start to understand why that is now. You also will find it much easier to read professional journals. The really top essential oil journals, such as the International Journal of Professional Holistic Aromatherapy, the Journal of uh, Clinical Aromatherapy, even Aromatherapy Today, which isn't quite as clinical, still talks about essential oil chemistry. You really cannot get away from it anymore. And it gives, it's actually giving a lot more credibility to the industry as a whole. And honestly, if you are looking to move forward in your career, if you really want to be, if you're really serious about wanting to make blends that help people, you need to learn your chemistry. Sometimes a client will ask, well, how come this blend worked and the last one didn't work? Uh, we do case studies in the classroom and very often we'll tweak a blend that perhaps wasn't good for inflammation. And so my students will look for other molecules that are good for inflammation. And the customer may say, what did you do now? This blend works. The last one didn't. And the student can say, or the, the, the consultant or whatever level you're working at as, a, as an aromatherapist can say, well, I look for certain chemical uh, components in my essential oils that I know are really going to be helpful. And so I used a different essential oil that I thought would have the components that would really be helpful for you. It makes you sound smarter. It makes you look smarter. You are smarter, actually, and really puts you in the position of truly being an expert, of really being a professional in your field. There you have it. The five reasons every aromatherapist should learn essential oil chemistry. So number one was to understand shelf life. Number two, safety concerns with essential oils. Number three, to understand essential oil behavior or activity. Number four is formula efficacy, making blends that really work well. And number five, professional credibility and keeping yourself current in the industry. I really hope this was helpful. I know it was a lot of information, very dense. And um, if you stayed with me this long, God love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, you know, just having an understanding of chemistry is going to empower you beyond your wildest dreams. It's going to really make you own what you're doing, own the, the business of aromatherapy and provides a really effective way for you to deepen your relationship with essential oils. So I encourage you to learn essential oil chemistry. If you want to take my class, uh, I have a certification program starting in March in Pennsylvania. It starts again in September you can go to the website aromaticwisdominstitute.com and you'll see up at the top navigation bar the word classes and just click on that and look for aromatherapy certification program. I have another one starting in uh, February. It's just a two-day class that's for beginners 
and where we talk about the chemical families very lightly, just a very mini little introduction to the chemical families. It's in the certification program that we really get into it deeply. Again, if you have any questions about anything um, I mentioned today, you can write to me, liz at aromaticwisdom.com, or give me a shout out on Facebook. And also, let me know if there is a specific essential oil topic that you'd like me to talk about here on the podcast. I had a request yesterday from someone who asked me about essential oils in children. So I'm working on that now for the future. If there's a specific subject you want to hear about, just let me know. So now we come into that portion of the podcast called Smell My Life. In the Smell My Life segment of the podcast, I always share an authentic aromatic moment from my life in the in the past week. And a couple of days ago, I was doing laundry and feeling like I really wanted some, I think because it's January and I'm in Northeastern United States, it's very gray. It's been a, quite a dismal uh, winter, actually. A lot of gray, a lot of snow. And I was feeling like, gosh, I wish I could just go to Hawaii, go to the, go to the islands. And I thought, ooh, Lang Lang essential oil. It's a very sweet flower that grows in warm, tropical locations. And I thought, I am going to put Lang Lang in my dryer and make my clothes smell like um, the flowers. So I got a wet washcloth and I put three drops of Lang Lang on it, threw it into the dryer. And oh my gosh, everything in the house smelled really, really great. I'm sure outside people were enjoying it as the vent shot the air outside. And... It does not, uh, someone asked me, does that help with static cling? It does not. All the essential oils do in the dryer will create, a, you know, aroma. If you want to get rid of static cling without chemicals, put, in a, put a tennis ball in and that will help reduce the static cling. If you don't like Lang Lang, it's very, very sweet. Uh, this works well with patchouli, with vetivert, with other heavy oils. Because essential oils evaporate pretty quickly, you don't want to, like the citruses don't work that well. They're just too light. But if you go with a really heavy, rich, uh, low base note essential oil, it works well to put a couple drops in the dryer. So that is my smell my life moment this week. That wraps up this week's podcast. You've been a wonderful, wonderful listener. If you stayed this long, I thank you. I really hope this was clear. And if you have any questions, let me know. If not, I will see you next week where we're talking about some very practical ways to incorporate essential oils into your life every single day. Until next time, be well, be happy. Mm-hmm.